0: Halifax Regional Municipality has officially unveiled what is being called a legacy space at City Hall as part of its ongoing effort toward reconciliation with indigenous peoples. It's actually one of six legacy spaces opening across the Halifax region, but the first inside any city hall in Canada. So what do these rooms really mean, and how far can four walls go when considering something like reconciliation? You're listening to Halifax. I'm your host, Josh Hoffman. On Thursday, October 4th, an otherwise normal-looking boardroom on the first floor of City Hall in Halifax took on an entirely new meeting. This legacy space represents the legacy of residential schools in Canada. It also represents a safe area for conversation and to gain accurate information about Indigenous history. It was an emotional day last week. Mayor Mike Savage began to cry when talking about how proud he was of his municipality, the first in Canada to open a legacy space within a government building. Acadia First Nation chief Deborah Robinson fought back tears when thanking the regional municipality for their actions. There was gratitude. There was humility. I remember sitting there thinking, this is a special moment, and asking myself, is this what reconciliation is supposed to look like? The space is a collaboration between the Halifax Regional Municipality and the Gord Downey and Cheney Wenjack Fund. As you most likely know, Gore Downey is a late lead singer of the band The Tragically Hip. As you may not know, Cheney Wenjack was an Anishinaabe boy who in 1966 died at the age of 12 after running away from his residential school near Kenora, Ontario. Between the late 1800s and all the way up to 1996, 150,000 kids were taken from their homes and put in schools far away in an effort to kill the Indian in them and assimilate them into white Canada. Cheney's death sparked national attention and the first inquest into the treatment of an indigenous children in residential schools. On a secret path, the one that nobody... Secret Path is a 10-song album and graphic novel by Gore Downey and Jeff Lemire. Each song is a chapter telling the story of Cheney escaping from Cecilia Jeffrey's school and trying to walk to his home in a gogi post some 600 kilometers away in the December cold. Cheney never made it home. During his last months alive, Secret Path was a priority for Gore Downey. He wanted desperately to bring attention to the horrors of residential schools and their lasting effects on those who attended them and their families. And out of it came the Gord Downey and Cheney Wenjack Fund, which says its goal is to continue the conversation that began with Cheney's residential school story and to aid our collective reconciliation journey through awareness, education, and action. That action includes these legacy spaces. Assembly of First Nations Regional Chief Morley Gugu created the concept of the spaces. He worked with Gord Downey and Gord's brother Mike to make it a reality. However, Chief Gugu will tell you it was a creator's idea who simply gave it to him. I
1: think it's the God's work to be honest. I sat at a restaurant, literally asked for a piece of paper and pen. I knew at Barrington Street Steakhouse there was two rooms, one called a black room and the other one the red room, and asked the owner walking by. Uh, Would you consider naming one of those? I have a great big idea. After I wrote down the idea on a piece of paper I started calling randomly people across the country Um, here's my idea, is there anybody that knows Gord or the Winjack family and honest to God, sixth call I got a hold of Charlene Bearhead who was uh, working with the Truth and Reconciliation Centre in Winnipeg and she said guess what, I'm talking to the Winjack family and Downey family this afternoon.
0: Chief Gugu believes there's just really not enough talk happening between indigenous and non-indigenous people in this country. He feels part of it is people are too afraid to say something that might be politically incorrect. But he explains these spaces are here so we learn about each other and our different cultures in a judgment-free environment.
1: Coming into a legacy space, in a legacy room, people know they come in here open-minded, you know, to learn. So it's not positioning, you know, because very too much, that those conversations end because people are positioning. So having a legacy room is a safe place. If I accidentally say Indian, it's okay, you know? Keep talking, keep asking. And it may be Cree in somewhere else. Dene, they ask you to relate to them, you know? Uh, Mi'kmaq in this territory. And it's so important for that people just are comfortable to ask questions. And so there's a gap there, you know? We didn't learn it in our school system. I'm glad the kids in the education program now are learning about residential schools, but we just don't need to know about just residential schools. We need to know about our communities right now, where we're going, how we are positive contribution to society, you know? No longer, we're not the Indian problem, you know? We're great success communities there.
2: As the regional chief said, sometimes people don't know how to move ahead. They don't know what the language is, what's appropriate, what's an appropriate name, what's an appropriate step, and so nothing happens. And I think the most important thing is, as you know, Gord Downey said, do something. Uh, do something.
0: Halifax Regional Municipality Mayor Mike Savage says he's proud to be the first municipality to have a legacy space in its city hall. But he says he will not be as proud if that is still the case a year from now. Savage says it is time for everyone across Canada to start taking steps toward reconciliation.
2: Well, we as a council want to establish a government-to-government relationship um, with the assembly of uh, Mi'kmaq chiefs. That's the governing body in, uh, in the province. and. Um, you know just just as is the case i'm sure with us where there are people in our community that probably don't feel that council is the best representation i'm sure that there are some Igma who feel that we need to move more more quickly than that but we intend to uh, have a good relationship we are talking to the uh, assembly about how do we sit down as governments uh, government to government as some other cities and municipalities have done and talk about these decisions uh, in advance i think that's one thing that we can do pleased to see the, the focus on My education here in Nova Scotia. The provincial government's done. I think the commitment of the premier and the provincial government is very strong as well. Uh, and I think understanding each other is is really what what it comes down to. So It
0: does seem Halifax is doing something, and City Hall understands it needs to do a lot more. But this seemed like a day of optimism for all sides. Everyone felt this would set an example. This was progressive. What needed to be done to hopefully Get the ball rolling.
3: If the idea of that movement were to catch on everywhere else in Canada, just think how much further along we would be. And I really do think that um, Halifax Regional Municipality is a true leader in saying we can do this in a municipal building, and hopefully other mayors take notice and are also willing to do that because I think it's such um, an important not just a gesture or a commitment, but it really does show that they're committed to making change.
0: Sarah Medanek is the CEO of the Gore Downey and Cheney Wenjack Fund. She's hoping Halifax, with its six legacy spaces, results in a domino effect right across Canada. By the way, one of those legacy spaces is actually being opened here at Dalhousie University right as this podcast is being posted online. But says it is incredibly important for institutions like universities and governments to make physical space to have these conversations about reconciliation, especially governments.
3: If you look at how residential schools were created, they were created by our government. So I think um, for governments, whether they're municipal, provincial, or federal, to step up and make the commitment to acknowledge that hard history and to earmark physical space, to have hard conversations, to heal and move forward. I think that's really powerful.
0: So what's next? For the downey Wenject Fund, Medanek says, They're going to focus on putting more legacy school programs in classrooms across Canada. They have already reached 500 classrooms in this country. Medanek calls the programs toolkits, and they help educators teach students about Indigenous history and culture. That includes residential schools. Chief Morley Gugu suggests moving forward, the legacy spaces be used to consult Indigenous peoples before projects affecting Indigenous lands, not after. He's also thinking bigger than that. He wants Canada to say goodbye to the government document that critics say is not only racist, but has been ruining Indigenous lives since 1876.
1: If we're going to go away from Indian Act, you know, we need to get the idea that out of our heads that everything has to be on reserve. You know, if we're on unceded Mi'kmaq territory, then we need to get rid of poverty by adding more land, not just to the reserve, but to the Mi'kmaq Nation, so we can self-sustain ourselves. You know, we can't uh, operate on reserves. There's no such thing as reserves for human beings in Canada. But in First Nations, unfortunately, there is. So if we get out of that mentality, we're costing taxpayers money and all that, that's the old narrative. The new narrative has to be a lot better. And that way, everybody will uh, get along so much better.
0: And whether they like it or not, Halifax Regional Municipality has more hard decisions ahead. A 10-person advisory committee, five nominated by the Assembly of Nova Scotia Mi'kmaq Chiefs and five nominated by City Council, is currently determining what to do with the statue of Halifax's controversial founder, Edward Cornwallis. Back in January, Council decided to take down the statue after increasing controversy over Cornwallis issuing a bounty the scalps of any Mi'kmaq person after he founded Halifax in 1749.
2: There's an emotional aspect to it. For me, that emotional aspect came about over the discussions in the last year as we've talked about things like the uh, commemoration of Edward Cornwallis and as we've talked about how we can really be serious about truth and reconciliation. That I have, like most Canadians, not had a full education of history. It's been very one-sided. And I don't think it was meant to be. I had great teachers. I love history. But we didn't hear the Mi'kmaq side of the story. And so I, I, I just feel that this is a really important, it's a really important fact that we have to understand and acknowledge. Which is it's time for us to all understand Uh, that we need to understand our history if we're going to improve our future.
0: The future is not going to be easy. Many hard conversations still need to be had. Reconciliation is going to be emotional. It already has been an emotional month. October, as you might know, is Mi'kmaq History Month, and October 1st was Treaty Day. There was a special Mass at St. Mary's Basilica in Halifax that day, and the Archbishop knelt in front of the congregation that included residential school survivors. And he personally apologized for the Church's conduct at Nova Scotia residential schools. It was a big deal. Gordon Downey asked us to do something. What can you do? Well, you could start by going to these legacy spaces. Some things are starting to be done, but it's still a long road ahead. However, if the enthusiasm and the optimism that existed last week at City Hall can be sustained, and we continue to make room for reconciliation, the future maybe won't be that far away. I'm not gonna stop. not gonna stop,
1: please just let me catch my breath, I am
0: the stranger, you can't see me